0: The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for StockEd. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. Now today we're off to Gabon in Africa, uh, in the west of the country, where Apollo Minerals has a a very interesting zinc lead project on its hands. It's shallow, flat lying and at early stages yet, but it seems to have province scale potential. Now, to bring us up to speed on the company and the project, we have Neil Inwood, the managing director, with us today. Before inviting Neil to bring us up to speed, I'll just mention that the code for the company is AON. It's trading at around 5.2 cents for a market cap of $25 And I will just note there that doesn't seem a lot for a province-scale opportunity in the zinc lead market. So, with that, g'day Neil. Welcome to the podcast. Hi Barry.
1: Uh, thank you for having me.
0: And Neil, um, I've mentioned uh, the the project, uh, province scale. Uh, let's uh, talk a bit about that. Uh, the name of the project, uh, the broader area is uh, Crusoe, but uh, within that, uh, you've uh, you've already had some uh, very interesting exploration results. Uh, just uh, just fill us in on what you think you've got there.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Barry. Yeah. So we've got the Crusoe project, which is in Gabon, and we control a uh, what we think is a province-scale trend, which is uh, highly prospective for zinc and lead mineralisation. In fact, we've defined now over 23 individual zinc-lead targets, and all of these targets, particularly in the south, have demonstrated zinc and lead mineralisation. What's exciting for us is we're seeing a consistent style of mineralisation along each of these targets. And just recently, we've intersected semi-massive and massive sulfides at one of the Greenfields areas. So we are quite convinced we're onto a large-scale system, which now extends for over 135 kilometres of trend.
0: uh, That 135k was achieved with the recent acquisition of a new permit?
1: Absolutely. So just this morning, we've announced the acquisition of a new permit, which is called the Kerry Permit, and that extends our trend from 80 kilometres previously to now 135 kilometres. So what's the history here? Is it a known zinc lead
0: province or are we talking frontier exploration?
1: It's it's a known province. So the history of the project was it was it was explored in the 1950s, the 1960s and the 1970s by the French BRGM and they did extensive mapping, rock chip sampling and also drilling. And through their work, they defined uh, mineralisation at uh, numerous... Uh, prospects Um, but interestingly they were focused on the lead mineralization so what's peculiar here if you look at our drill core you'll see the silvery sulfide of glena which is uh, of lead which is galena it's quite visual and that's what the french were focusing on they're focusing on the lead mineralization but in fact this is a zinc rich system So we're seeing, on average, between 65 and 70% of our mineralisation is zinc mineralisation, and that's in a mineral called sphalerite. And what's interesting is the sphalerite is quite hard to see visually. So the previous workers had been focused on the lead or the silvery galena, had missed the the tan or brown-covered sphalerite, and that's actually what most of the system is. And through our work, we're seeing significant amounts of sphalerite particularly in the, new, in the uh, nearby Canberra, uh system, which is uh, in the northern part of the prospect. And here we're seeing massive sphalerite in the drill core, and those, those assays from that core are, are pending and, and due, uh, due shortly. So what, uh, what sort of drill results have you returned to date? There's, what we're seeing now, there's, there's two styles of mineralisation that we've, we've actually defined. So in the embayment style of mineralisation, which is a bit like a paleo valley, we're seeing a consistent thick mineralisation of up to uh, 20 metres and the, the grade profile of that mineralisation is between, say, 1% to 5%. More recently, we've intercepted uh, numerous holes with 20 metres at around 4% zinc plus lead mineralisation. And what's, what's really neat here, it's shallow lying, uh, shallow flat dipping mineralization close to surface and it's sulfite mineralization. We don't see any material oxide mineralization here. And it's
0: extensive at each of these uh, prospects?
1: Yeah, yeah. So like on average with our drilling we've we've got over a ninety percent hit rate hit hit rate of mineralization. So in the embayment-style mineralisation, when we're targeting that, over 90% of our holes are hitting mineralisation. And just recently now we're seeing this uh, structural style of mineralisation, which we're seeing at near Bacamba or, um, or in area number 13. And this is massive and semi-massive sulphides, which we think are related to, the, to the ho- these are high-grade feeder structures, which is actually bringing the mineralisation in the system. And that's, that's what our current theory is. Um, and, th- and, that's, and that's a developing story at that style of mineralisation.
0: And I understand there's also the, the classic uh, Mississippi Valley type.
1: Absolutely. So to the west, so along along the contact which we're following from north to south, we've got numerous hits of this embayment style mineralisation, and now the structural style of mineralisation. And to the west, this system is highly prospective for classical. Uh, Mississippi Valley style or MVT style of mineralization and that's uh, that's a developing story and that's very much a greenfield story given the potential scale of this thing how do you
0: what how do you go about it now do you do you go for a, a, a resource estimate as early as possible or do you keep scoping out the uh, the 28 or
1: you know the twenty-three uh, prospects you've got, or what's the plan? Well, that, that's a re- that's a really good question, Barry. So um, we have focused uh, mostly in the in the central part of the Crusoe Permit. That's in the southern part of the project up until now, partially because there's better access, and partially because there's quite an extensive system there we're developing at the Dikaki prospect. But what we're seeing now and what the um, what the exploration thesis has always been is we need to be hitting these other prospects because we don't know which is the best prospect. Mm. So much mineralisation over this system. And the case in point is the recent massive and semi-massive sulfides at near Bacamba or uh, target prospect number 13. We're seeing um, quite, you know, incredible amounts of uh, over 60% uh, uh, sulfides in some of the core, um, and and this is we think a game changer. It's a structural style of mineralisation, high grade feeder structures, and this will be the focus for next year's drilling because we think uh, these style of uh, structures will um, will be you know, highly highly prospective. So how do we how do we attack these systems? We've got a large a large trend. We've got numerous prospects. So part of, that, uh, part of that answer is a recently finished airborne geophysical survey. So we've just got those results in and we're working them up. So that'll give us um, airborne EM results as well as magnetic results. And we can combine that with our geological mapping, our geochemical sampling, especially our soil sampling and our rock chip sampling. And from that, we can create a layered targeting profile and we think that with this new structural style of mineralisation, we can generate a targeting footprint for this style of mineralisation. And that's going to be a focus for next year's exploration.
0: So that's the plan of attack in
1: '23. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, that's part of the plan of attack. And and what we're doing now too, we're just getting the final results of all the drilling, all of the, uh, the mapping, the geochem coming in. We're compiling that information, and so this will be happening over the next few months, to to rank our targets and then generate what will be the um the complete program for 2023
0: now, tell us a bit about uh, gabon i know it's um oil is about 30 percent of its gdp and it's famous for its high grade uh, manganese operations over time but uh, for you guys i was just wondering how's it, how are you placed in your at your location there in terms of power rail port
1: absolutely um so look in summary Gabon's fantastic. It's 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 Africa's emerging uh, low-carbon mining powerhouse. That would be the takeaway. Um, mm-hmm. Very supportive government. And case in point is this recent new tenement that we've applied for and been granted. Uh, and also in November last year with our Crusoe permit, which was also um, renewed for another three years. So supportive government. We've got good infrastructure to the project, so sealed roads to within uh, 30 kilometres of the project, and then uh provincial uh, dirt roads to to the project. Um, Gabon itself is uh, is predominantly powered by hydroelectricity. In fact, they have a goal to be over 75% hydroelectricity by uh, 2025. And they're actively building new power plants right now. And the country itself on the ESG side, they're aiming to have one of the world's largest carbon credit scheme uh, operating as well, so you've got quite a progressive, modern government. Uh, very good infrastructure, very good power infrastructure, and then on the port and rail, within uh, 250 kilometres of our project, there is the uh, the rail system. There's the Njoli the rail siding, which goes straight to the Port Owendi, which is the mineral port. And from that port, you can ship directly to any of your your customers. So very good local infrastructure which would support this project. And how do you guys uh, manage it from your Perth base? We have our senior technical team in Perth and uh, we have a very strong uh, technical team operating out of France, so French geologists and also geologists from Gabon itself and, um, and supporting countries. So we have quite a... Um, Quite a uh, international team, but fit for purpose for the exploration that we're doing now. And by doing that, it's actually quite cost effective because you're not paying, for example, for a large team to be flying in and out of Perth. You're using the right people from the right countries with the right skill sets to operate in Gabon.
0: And how's your own French? Does it extend beyond Jemapel?
1: My own French is a developing story, but, uh, you know, Gabon's a French-speaking uh, country, and, of course, you want to be speaking French in, in country. Actually, quite unique about Gabon, too, it's just recently they've joined the Commonwealth.
0: The reverse of what everyone else is planning
1: to do. <laughs> exactly right. But this demonstrates where the country wants to be going because they see the Commonwealth has having values and um, and business values, which actually uh, will lead to the future, uh, to Gabon's growing, um, growing future.
0: Now, I guess we should mention that um, no less than Fortescue is looking at a 30 million tonne per annum mine ore project there. And I think Men are looking at a large scale bauxite project, so two... Two other ASX companies in Gabon there with you?
1: Absolutely. Um, in fact, there's there's three. So there's also Amada Metals. So FMG is the latecomer, just coming in recently, and they're looking at the uh, the large scale Bilinga iron ore project. Uh, Genmin are uh, uh, they're operating operating near Franceville and they've got a fantastic iron ore project. And That's iron ore, is it? Yeah, yeah. We're quite close, very good working relationship with Joe and his team at Genmin. And in fact, even with the Marra medal so you've got the uh, the Australian companies are um, you know, communicating with each other, supporting each other, and it's as I said, I think FMG coming into to country too. I think stem- demonstrates the uh, the quality of the of the operating environment. The fiscal regime is uh, attractive. Yeah, the fiscal regime very attractive for us. So as a as a junior explorer, obviously we we want to um, count our dollars and and keep a tight control. So a company such as that we have a, a mining convention with the government. And so what that means is we have, um, it just sets out uh, the tax regime for us exploring. And uh, one of the benefits of that, for example, we have a VAT exemption on uh, almost all of our exploration spent. And this is a little bit unique in, in Africa. In, in other company, countries you might be operating in Africa, you'd have to pay 20%, 25% VAT on top of your spend um, and potentially claim it back. In Gabon... We do not have to pay that VAT. We get an exemption, so we, we never pay that. We get a certificate from the tax uh, tax department each time we pay our bills. Very modern system, very effective. Um, and when you go into mining, there's uh, there's tax holidays on the on the projects and uh, a, a very uh, sensible royalty regime as well. Now uh, zinc itself,
0: a very interesting market. Uh, currently around US one dollar thirty seven a pound which is pretty much uh, the average of last year but when you look at the 2020 average of a dollar 02 we're talking 35% higher um, so what's going on in the zinc
1: market the zinc market is actually uh, it's, it's it's quite an exciting market once you start delving into it the the bulk of the zinc market is uh, is associated around steel production galvanization but there's a, um, a burgeoning uh, demand for zinc on the new you know, power 2.0 and, and green energy, and that's being driven by the requirements for a galvanization around wind turbines, uh, electric vehicles, solar panels, and even new battery technology. And there's de- developing new battery technology, which is, um, for example, zinc bromide batteries, and there's, a, there's a, at least one Australian company listed on the ASX which are, which are marketing these. But these are batteries which will power a house, a factory and a small town. So um, there's a new technology coming through on, on, the, on the battery side, which I think will be driving this uh, as well. So as a thematic, you've got zinc associated with galvanisation, with construction and now also with, um, with, the, with the demands of, uh, of, of green low carbon power.
0: Kind of reminds me of the, uh, the much-talked-about nickel market where traditional use, stainless steel, but um, now in the batteries. So it becomes the you know critical metal, future-facing metal, whatever you want to call it. So zinc, pretty much the same. 100%. Are there any uh, uh, well-known forecasters out there giving us some sort of feel for the growth in the market in coming years, zinc market?
1: Yeah, look, I think it's... Uh again, this this demand with uh, through construction and and the energy two point zero. So depending on which uh, so you know looking at Macquarie, uh, Glencore forecast, wood Mackenzie. so uh, it's, there's definitely a uh, there's seen as, as as a strong demand there and and primarily driven through uh, the lack of new projects or new large projects coming coming on board. So for example, four out of the ten major producers. Uh, are considered to be uh, running out of production in the next 10 years. So definitely we are seeing, and, and the companies that we're talking to, are seeing a deficit coming on board in the next few years, increased demand, and there's uh, there's a supply side uh, uh, deficit uh, looming.
0: One of our biggest mining companies, of course, South32, uh, absolutely loves Zinc. Um, just planning to spend a uh, billion dollars plus on a big development in the States, so it concurs with the idea. I think uh, Glencore uh, are forecasting the need to double from fourteen million tons per annum to uh, to twenty eight million tons by twenty fifty. So it's, it's got all the right sort of uh, dynamics around it. Yeah,
1: one hundred percent. And um, some forecasts uh, too, when they're looking at the uh, the potential uh, warming scenarios due to due to global global warming and climate change, and they see. Uh, there's forecasts of, of doubling uh, demand in the next uh, next 10 years due to the emerging technologies which will be requiring uh, zinc zinc as well. So we think there's a very strong underlying uh, d- demand thematic here.
0: Now, given that thematic and uh, given the potential here for you guys to, over time, uh, confirm a province-scale opportunity, um,
1: just confirming that you have this project uh, 100% at this stage? That's correct. So we control one hundred percent of both the licenses, and these are these are expiration permits in Gabon with a um, with a very clear re- renewal uh, regime around them.
0: So I was just wondering. Uh, I mentioned the modest market cap there, twenty five mil. I was just wondering whether you're getting any approaches from uh, some of the bigger boys uh, and girls out there, re uh, joint venture opportunities, given the scale of the opportunity.
1: We have been receiving uh, several. Uh, several approaches from from a few people. As yeah, so we're having we're having some very um, you know very good discussions with, with with other companies and but very early stages.
0: Mm, and the best thing for you to do is grow value with the drill bit, one hundred percent. So now let's uh, just pull it all together and give investors a feel for what they should be looking out for in the year ahead. Yeah,
1: thanks, uh, thanks Barry. So, in the. Uh, Coming few months and uh, in the next year, what to expect? So we um, we expect uh, assay results um, imminent from the near Bacamba project. That's the massive sulfides and semi massive sulfides just recently discovered. We expect to see uh, metallurgical results uh, being finalised in the in the upcoming weeks. Um, we're we're working on an exploration target over the uh, over the regions which have been drilled. And um, we also look to have a, uh, an exploration summary coming out in, in the next few months where we're compiling all of the work that we've done this year. And then for next year, um, we'll be putting together a proposed work program, which will, do, which will be focusing on more discovery, growing the discoveries that we've had this year, and then with a, with a view to cementing that in the second half of the year with, uh, with drilling and um, potential resource studies.
0: So there we go, folks, an unfolding uh, province-scale opportunity in zinc. with uh, We've discussed the zinc thematic there. And uh, more close at hand, of course, assay results and MET results and uh, exploration targeting for 2023. So all in all, a lot, of, lot on the go for company trading at uh, 5.2 cents for market cap of $25 million. So with that, thanks for your time today, Neil, and good luck with we'll be watching with interest.
1: Thank you, Barry, and uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Cheers.